It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. And we're back. It is the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Trella, and with me as always, my brother from another mother is Trader Andy. What's up, bro? Say hello. What's up, guys? How's everyone doing today? They still don't answer you, bro. We've been going over this for a year. They're never going to answer you. They're never going to answer you. Once we start doing the live feeds, they'll be able to to say what's up on the bottom, all right? All right. Sounds good. In case you're feeling lonely, we brought a friend along. We brought we brought the uh, the football guru in for baseball week number one. It's uh, Nick Mimikos. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up? What's up? All good here. Buying a new house today, right? Yeah, we closed yesterday, and uh, our house currently sells next week. So we are moving back and forth, and we're fighting a snowstorm timetable to get into the new house. All right. Congrats, neighbor. So my head hurts. Yeah. <laughs> well... I, I hope the background at your new house is better than this one because it looks like, I don't know, you you look like you've you've been kidnapped on this one. I don't know what if, the if hell's going on behind you. I'm going to be down here all week. No one's going to ever find me. There's so many boxes and baby toys down here. <laughs> and the, and the, the GPS to your house is 0.7 miles travel to your house. Oh, that's awesome. Fantasy baseball, yeah. future drafts. Absolutely. Perfect. Nice, nice. All right, guys. Well, it's actually 364 days since the first time that we ever recorded uh, that was me and Andy before Nick joined us. Um, so we've uh, we've had a little bit of a bumpy 2020. You might be able to hear it in my voice. I apologize if I cough or die while we're talking a little bit. COVID hit us a, pretty hard. I'm two months in right now. I'm still still struggling a little bit, not working yet, so I'm ready to grind. 2020 was uh, a little bit of an up and down year for us. Andy, what were some of the highlights and lowlights for you from a fantasy perspective? Well, um, obviously, we had uh, it was a rough year. We actually started this podcast at the, any other year would have been better than 2020, but we did it. We're still here. There's a couple of things that we actually came across with this. We made a great signing for the Stack Attack family. We signed Nick to a long-term contract for free. So, I mean, we're doing good with that aspect. The return on investment is not quite there yet, though. Yeah, yeah we're there. We're we're getting there, but yeah, you know, we were we were just set up basically to just do baseball. And then we brought Nick in, decided to bring along football, and he's taken that and gone. You know, he's done more mock drafts in a year than one man should ever do. He's taken it to another level. I took a step into the football and just took a step on back out. I just realized that uh, you guys can handle the football part. <laughs> and uh, baseball is just a 12-month time frame for me. You just can't take a day off. I can learn more and you know bring more information to you guys from that aspect instead of trying to dabble with the football for for the audience out there if if you're looking at it and say oh they're they're in baseball mode only that's not true we're still going with football hardcore me me and nick will be doing some podcasts on it you'll still see some articles you know he was winning people leagues all all last year with his waiver wire article is one of the best out there if you go to stackattackfantasy.com right now you could look at our mock draft 1.0 which is uh getting some pretty good reviews so far people are liking it a little mel kuiper action for you one other thing that we noticed in 2020 is that our uh, host with the most over there, Jeff Trella, is going to a different level than I thought, and it was quicker. You know, he's uh, grown a lot, and he, he just sounds like he's going to be a superstar in this industry. And I'm just going to grab onto his coattails and go along for the ride. But this guy, he's you know, he's the journalism that he tried to go to Rutgers for uh, is really uh, yeah, is uh, really I got good at pool now. Though. 
um, and it makes me want to start writing for the guys. But you know, I was never never the writer, so I decided, you know, maybe I can be the first fantasy blogger that can do just the cliff notes part of it and just write little bullet points no. for each one. <laughs> I, I, I thought we were going to go full-blown Millie Vanilli, bro. You're going to be the Millie Vanilli of sports writing. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, a little bit, of, little, little bit of humble. I got my name out there. I got involved in a couple things. We actually, last year, baseball-wise, I got invited into the podcast wars. And I ended up finishing second. I dominated all season long, but it was head-to-head. And then I lost it in the finals. I got smoked. So whatever. But I got myself involved in a couple other things now. That is actually going to help us out because we got uh, some pretty good guests lined up for this podcast that people are going to be excited about down the road within the Mm -hmm. next couple of episodes. Nick, how'd 2020 treat you, brother? Good, good. With uh, football, baseball, ton of mock drafts, we we got ourselves in the Scott Fishbowl this year. Did yep. very well. Made a playoff appearance in our inaugural season. Unfortunately, our team choked out in the wild card round, but very happy to make that. I got myself into the Turf Turnpike Roto Fantasy League with some big names in there from Fantasy Alarm and whatnot. So we're pretty stoked about that. Nice, yes. We're working out a draft date right now, actually. Looking forward to that. So I will be mocking. And then in about a half hour, I have a prospects mocked on uh, CBS with some of the guys there. The hardest working man in fantasy. So I'm moving <laughs> and doing mocks. <laughs> he's in a basement being apprehended just closed on a house and he's doing mock drafts love it love it either of you guys have anything from 2020 from a baseball perspective that kind of stood out to you a player or anything like that you want to close the door on nick you want to go first what do you got andy you're the baseball uh, guru well i was very very excited about one player and happy he wasn't just added into a trade 2020 was the coming out party for dominic smith I love that guy. He's the best hitter right now on the Mets. He blew up last year, 2013 first round draft choice. Uh, His bat finally came along. He lost that big ass of his. He got in shape and he he just rakes. Right now with the DH not probably happening in the NL, it hurt him because he would obviously be the the first baseman for the Mets and Polar Bear would be the DH. But they're going to have to put the bat in there. Uh, he was a monster last year, about 316 with 10 bombs, and he was batting cleanup, and he was hitting the ball hard every single time. He didn't give any bats away. So- We're going to talk about the Mets a little bit more, but I think, Andy, when you look at it, I think the Robinson Cano suspension is going to help Dominic Smith more than anybody because you get your boy J.D. Davis should be at third base pretty much most of the time, right? Yeah. Jeff McNeil should be a full-time second baseman. And that just pretty much opens up left field with all these guys that never had a position that are going back and forth. I think Dom Smith has a chance to be in left field. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, we're we're still in the middle of the winter, and they could still look to add a center fielder. If they don't grab a center fielder, they're probably going to put Nemo in center field, and that will open up full-time at-bats for Dominic Smith and left. It's going to be ugly. but Cool, cool. Nick, any takeaways from 2020? I'm just excited to see follow-up seasons. You got guys like Devin Williams, who was lights out. Kyle Lewis, who took the league by storm, rookie of the year. Eloy, Louis Robert. Let's watch a lot of these guys start to groom into uh, top-tier baseball players. So I'm excited to watch them grow and see what happens on that aspect. You just named oh. your whole keeper list, man. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah, that, 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 that's how he, that's how he is. Fantasy money this year. <laughs> I want to take another half a step on top of what Nick just said, and I think that there's a lot of suckers out there that are looking at 2020 and and thinking that they're going to build on that, build on that, build on that. But you know what 60 games is? It's a slump or a hot streak. 
It's a very small sample size. So for the most part, I'm throwing it out. I'm four drafts in so far. I'll tell you what, when you're getting Yellick and Bellinger at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, uh, that's a little crazy. The one guy that I want to mention right now that Andy and I just drafted, we're in a high-stakes dynasty league. We just finished the draft yesterday. One of the guys I love this year because of the small sample is Madison Bumgarner. Like, He's just so disrespected. He's 31 years old. He's never had an ERA over 3.9. Last year, his ERA was like something crazy, like 670 or something like that. But if you take out the two starts that he absolutely blew up the day before he went on the disabled list for back problems, his ERA is under three for, for, the, for this season. And he's being drafted right now at like 350 overall or something like that something ridiculous that like if you're in a 12 team standard league he's not even drafted so i'm right now i'm looking at all these suckers that are out there that are overreacting to last year and i'm taking all that value right now and i'm letting them bump the people up like uh, you know one of our favorite players is bumped up big time and that's trevor bauer yeah going in the first round in some places that's just too high there's just too much volatility in the top top pitchers all right, as we're going forward to two, 2021, what's more exciting than the return of minor league games? How yeah. much do we miss that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I, de- I definitely look forward to uh, the updates I get every single day, watching the box scores and just tracking these players and seeing stuff on, on uh, some of the websites. It's awesome. Yep. Um, another thing I'm excited about moving forward is the return of Trey Mancini. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yes. Yeah, great yeah. great story. Absolutely. Uh, with cancer. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. But this dude was, he, he batted 291 with 35 home runs in 2019. So even if he gets back half of that, you're looking at a guy that's going to hit 280 and 20 home runs plus coming off of yeah. cancer. Yeah. I mean, sign me up, man. This is, this is the dude. Get him late. <laughs> so... Anything else you're looking forward to in 2021 before we start talking about today's topic? The Yankees failing on another championship chase. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> Take the Chicago White Sox, minus 130 to win the division. And I think it's plus 250 to win the, win, win the American League. Huh. Sign it up. Today we're going to talk about a couple of players that have moved around, old faces in new places, and what kind of impact we think we're going to get from them. Let's start off with the Padres because... Pretty much everything there is a new face at this point. They turned over the whole lineup. They turned over the whole rotation, basically. But they didn't subtract anything. <laughs> like every, Everything that there is pretty studly. You know, the, the first move that they made, which was kind of under the radar, is Hesong Kim from the Kiwoom Heroes of the KBO that they brought in. Andy knows a little bit about this guy. We were a little involved in uh, some KBO DFS and gambling when that was uh, the only baseball that we had. You took that to another level. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, you were the KBO uh, whisperer. <laughs> yeah, it was just difficult because of the no live scoring, so I got frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing to keep, yeah, you know, Kim last year, he batted 307, 30 home runs, 23 stolen bases, which everybody that didn't watch any KBO games or isn't familiar with the league is going to look at that and get super excited. But the difference is that the KBO is really like, it's like high A or mediocre double A ball. So I don't know that this guy's going to come in here and be a superstar. I think his ceiling, which is actually a pretty good ceiling, is Marcus Simeon. (laughs) Okay? If you get that from him, you're in pretty good shape. But I don't think you're going to get 30 home runs, 23 stolen bases. You're looking at 15-15 at best, uh, and there will be a learning curve with that batting average. 300 is not going to happen. Okay? 
what do you guys think about the other rest of the infield situation there? Cronenworth, Profar, any of these guys lose, gain any value with the moves that they made? I think uh, Cronenworth is going to be great for uh, fancy and get a lot of eligibility all over the field. I think he's going to be like the super utility guy, and they're going to just flip him all over the place. He plays everywhere, so I think that will pr- provide a lot of value. Okay, and then they just signed Profar as well, but if you look at it, it looks like these are two guys that don't really have a position. I, I mean, I might be wrong here, but your infield, if it's obviously Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, and Kim at second base, it looks like. Yeah. You know, the outfield's stacked too. It's Grisham, Myers, and Pham. Myers was was pretty pretty damn good last year, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah, he had a monster year. Right. Grisham looks like the real deal. He looks like he may end up being the second best hitter on the team. Um, Tommy Pham. I mean, what are we gonna what are we gonna do with that? So Cronenworth and Profar just seem to be in a utility type role. They seem to be like the guys that are out of luck without the DH. You need a DH. Yeah, I mean, and Cronenworth is a priority sell for me because he's got that you know finished second in the rookie of the year thing, but that's a bunch of bullshit because yeah, you know the the guy that won the rookie of the year is a middle reliever that's still a rookie. So, you know, there's really not – that doesn't mean much to me. But I, he's got that moniker there. I think he's he's going to uh, draw some interest. And like Andy said, he's got that multi-position eligibility already. And if he keeps that, there's some value there. But he's for me, he's a priority sell, and I got him in the Skadoo League. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. All right, what do you think about this rotation? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break uh, for a minute and let you guys start oh talking about it. Oh, boy. All right, Nick, you oh boy. Well, uh, Andy's boy, who's now on my roster, Mackenzie Gore, looking on the outside potentially here, unless they go with the six-man rotation. But they're, look, they're looking stacked. They keep, keep adding arms, and they don't, like Jeff said, they don't subtract anybody. You just got Darvish. You got Musgrove. Uh, it's, they're looking stacked. Well, the one, the, the one thing I, I was uh, speculating on when they were bringing in all these pitchers were you know, how Clevenger got hurt last year. And Lamette got hurt a little bit. I thought they were bringing in these guys because they were unsure of the elbow for Lamette, who I was just thinking mm-hmm. worth. Now, you also have to realize that Gore is not really looking in. I feel that if they play a full season, which they're hoping for, no one pitched more than like 80 innings last year. So everyone is going to have a huge bump in innings. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be people tired. They're going to need six or seven starters. That's how it's going to happen. So I, f- I feel that that's what they're going to do. And, you know, right now they don't have a closer. So I think what they're going to do is probably if they go with Pomerantz as a closer, possibly uh, they're going to use more John in the bullpen as the lefty. So I think there's going to be enough innings for everybody. I think everyone, every team is going to, why I'm going with six to eight starters easily. And, and they're ahead of the curve, and they're still looking to add, too. They were, up until last night, they were talking to uh, Adam Wainwright as well. I saw that. Who just yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, he, went, he allegedly went back to the Cardinals last night. I don't know if that's official yet. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. It was about an hour ago they posted it was official. And, and now another thing with this, this season, uh, how I have this guy who's a sleeper every year for me, and I get him – for a dollar or one of the last picks of the year of the draft. And I get him every single year, and now I'm not going to be able to. And that's uh, Musgrove. That's my boy for years. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I sold Jeff on him. Jeff was automatically dismissing him, and then he read up on him a little more and said, um, yeah, he's a firm buy, but now it's just going to be too expensive. 
Uh, right. Yeah, he's going to be like their fourth or fifth star, and he's going to break out. He's playing in his hometown. He's going to love that place. I think he's going to be great. The biggest thing, too, with Musgrove is he made some adjustments last year. He has the highest spin rate on his curveball in the entire major leagues, and his slider is way up there as well. I, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's like Walker Bueller level level good. So he he's in the top five in spin rate in both of his breaking pitches. Got a live fastball. So there's a lot to like there. What I don't really know to do here, like let's talk talk to some of our listeners that are more into uh, Dynasty than Redraft so much. All of these pitchers are signed through team control or signed all the way through 2022 or farther between Darvish, Snell, Paddock, Lamette, Musgrove, Gore, and Morjan. So seven guys under team control for at least this year and next year, if not the year after. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the old ones are going away because the, 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 the veterans of the group are stars. Yeah. So I don't know how that falls out. I mean, there, there could be a trade down the road. Oh, and and we're adding Clevenger to that too. Yeah. <laughs> but he he's only under team control for next year. Yeah. This year and next year. Yeah. Um. So you're looking at eight legitimate starting pitchers. So. <laughs> Wild. I think there's a good chance that maybe they don't feel good about Lamet long term with the with the health. Yeah. And that he might be a bullpen piece. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Absolutely. Will Andy and Nick be consolable if Mackenzie Gore gets traded? <laughs> if you put him in the starting five rotation, I will be fine with that. Yeah. Now, Tre- Trevor Rosenthal is still a free agent. He's not signed anywhere yet. If they bring him back, I'm just completely lost at that point. <laughs> <laughs> They're going all in this year. Yeah, you got to. I mean, uh, the the best part about it is they did all of this, and they're – their farm system was so good that they did not have to give up a top ten prospect in their system in order to bring in all these pieces, the 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 Snells and the Darvishes and everything. They did give up some decent players. Um, you know, I'm a big Lu- Luis Patino fan. Um, he should be doing well now that he's in Tampa Bay, where he won't be allowed to pitch more than four and a third innings in, in a start. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, know, you know that that's good. And they got Wilcox too, who was a first round pick, and the Padres. The uh, Rays really wanted him in the draft, and they were able to still acquire him. Now, the key with the Cubs is the Cubs lost a lot of money, and they basically sold off you. They they took some old, uh, really, really young prospects down the road, like 18-year-olds that are years away, but they also got rid of the money because they wanted – it was more of a salary dump as included. Right, and what surprised me about that trade, not, not so much the quality of the prospects or anything – if you're gonna if you're gonna take 17, 18, 19 year olds back, there's, they didn't get one arm, two shortstops, yeah. two outfielders. Like yeah. it, it's just surprising. Usually, in a trade like that, you want to get one young stud arm that you know is, is stash and pray, and hopefully your system could develop into something. Nick, what do you think about Nola and Caratini? How's that work out? Yeah, it's a good question. Good question. Yeah. yeah. Well, Caratini is automatically gonna catch one day because that's his personal catcher. Well, for Darvish, for Darvish. Right? yeah, it was so funny because I don't know if you guys heard the story real quick, but uh, it, it was announced that you Darvish got uh, traded, and Caratini reached out to Darvish to say he gone, and <laughs> and uh, Darvish replied back, "You too," because he didn't see his name was added <laughs> in there too. So, uh, well, the thing with uh, Nola is that the the Padres absolutely love him. 
Uh, they believe that he his bat tool, his hit tools off the charts, and they got him for cheaper than they should have. And they're cheap. And they think that he's gonna he's also can play other positions as well. So they're gonna get him a lot of at bats. Uh, a lot of the uh, scouts are saying that you know he could definitely bat three hundred. Solid get. Let's recap this, okay? So we're, we'll look at all these Padres we just talked about. So I'm telling you that Hassan Kim is not a starting infielder for you. He needs to be a middle infielder or a bench option for you right off the bat. I, I, I don't think you're going to get that much production. We said Cronenworth is going to still have value because the multi-positions, but we're not sure if he actually has a position. So the at-bats may not be as consistent as we like. We all said we love Grisham. He's moving up in the world, moving into the top 50 hit, hitter sure, uh, conversation. Crazy. The rotation, we're completely confused. <laughs> right? Just just draft him. But it, we don't know but, what's going to happen. But is that the answer? Uh, like you're you're saying that they might use six, seven, eight starters. Is it possible that they might model after Tampa Bay and only go four or five innings, something like that, and do piggyback starts and whatnot? That's awesome. most. And of the even league. if they're using six starters or whatever, are these guys only getting you 140 innings where none of them will be in SP one for you? So you think every single pitcher is going to double the innings? That's going to be rough. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. No, that's very no, well said. No, no. Very well said. All right. Um, all right, let's move on to another team that did a lot. Andy, you can take the lead on this. New York Mets. <laughs> so excited. Right oh, now. God. This is the first time in years that you were actually excited to be Mets fans. Uh, it's like Christmas morning. When he took over the, the team control and bought the team, it was just like I was blown away. The excitement. Uh, people want to come to New York and not to play with the Yankees, to play with the Mets. And so it's pretty exciting. Um, I didn't expect them to get Lindor. Uh, I expected them to go. They always talked about playing checkbook baseball and not trade uh, any of the, the team and try to build up. But they, they went out there, bought this guy, and I think he's going to be the face of the franchise for years to come. Grabbing Carrasco, huge get. He's actually a top 15 pitcher that no one really talks about. He had a low three ERA in 2017-18. Then he won his battle against leukemia, which is another great story, just like uh, with Trey Mancini. And then he came back last year, had an under three ERA, and looked great. And the Mets got him for two years now. Now He's definitely going to slot in behind uh, DeGrom, and the Mets are going to put up some runs for him. So it's very, very exciting to be a Mets fan. I can go all night with this. I'm going to stop. So what, what, what else you guys say? <laughs> I was say you guys added James McCann. You guys definitely done some moves this offseason. It's weird to see the Mets making some splashes. We're not, we're not done yet. My my concern with Cookie Carrasco goes back to what we were just talking about is not only taking the COVID shortened season last year, but the leukemia treatments the year before. Um, this guy's pitched 148 innings, albeit very oh. high quality, over two seasons. So really, what's his ceiling? This year on innings, it might be close to that 150 mark. Yeah, I'd be I don't, happy I don't with think that. he could do much more than that. And a lot of uh, definitely yeah. going to see a lot of short starts, In especially early on. I, I I believe, but their bullpen's pretty good, so they'll hold the wins if you're yeah, still as, long, the as long as we get the right Edwin Diaz this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nick, you mentioned James McCann. He's a good two-way catcher. He'll he'll probably be there for. Yeah. I think they signed yeah. for four years. Uh, Is that right? Uh, yep. Andy. Yep. Yeah. On that. yeah, he. 
Andy, he's probably going to be a backup at the end of that, right? Because ah. Alvarez. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was actually surprised they went four years with McCann. Yeah, but he'll probably be a good backup. You know, I I think yeah. Alvarez yeah. is like nineteen or twenty years old, so yeah, he'll be the know. starter for probably two, probably almost three years of that. So maybe the last year he, he's, you know, I think two and a half years into the thing, Alvarez might be ready to take over. Right, Nick. What do you what do you expect out of McCann? Would you draft him as your first catcher? Um. He's not my first option, but I would definitely draft him in the middle of the pack. I think he's got top 10 potential with that lineup he's going to be around, at least this year. Dynasty-wise, iffy, but redraft-wise, I'd probably be going for him top yeah. 10. Top 10. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got 20 home run power. Where he gives you a boost is if you're in an on-base percentage league, for the most part, consistently has an on-base percentage over 300, so that's pretty good from the position. Yeah, but the key, too, is he's going to get a lot of playing time, so he's going to get you that catching volume that you need, especially in a two-catcher league. Yep. Um, so they gave up a lot in the Lindor trade. So Andy, I want you to talk a little bit about the, the return that the Indians got and what we should think from a fantasy per- perspective of players like Rosario and Andre Simenez. What do you think? It's kind of, it's kind of, well, they, the Indians just brought back, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who we're both a, a big fan of. Uh, now all of a sudden I wake up this morning with, uh, some of my Philly fans, uh, text me saying, "Oh, the, the Phillies are going to get Rosario." So apparently, there there's talks going around out there that Rosario could get moved. Andre Jimenez was the player that they wanted. Uh, I think uh, so I was surprised they took both shortstops, but Jimenez was the guy that they wanted. And uh, I only got to see the scouting reports for years about this developing power, solid player, this and that. But the stats just weren't shown there in the minor leagues. And then I actually got to see what he could do. He's a young player. He hustles. He runs out everything. He has really good speed. He's going to get you 25 to 30 stolen bases in the league next year. Uh, The the thing that threw me off was he was fundamentally sound. He just did everything right. He just didn't look... Like he was 20, 21 years old. He didn't look phased on being there. He he just showed he blew me away with his talent. So I think he's gonna be something good. Uh the uh Indians also were high on Josh Wolf, who was a second round pick a couple of years back. They were trying to draft him actually and he got away. So they were very high on him. Um, and then with uh the outfielder, he was a first round pick last year with the the Mets. Uh and he was they drafted two uh, outfielders and uh, this one, he probably has the the higher ceiling than uh, Peter Crow Armstrong. Uh, you're 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 talking about Isaiah, Isaiah Green, Green, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we we did not do our top 100 uh, prospects episode yet, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. This is my guy. Isaiah Green is my guy. He's my 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 uh, high riser. After that trade went down, I started watching some clips of his yeah. swing, and it is sexy <laughs> for a nineteen for a nineteen year old. I'm like, dude, they, they, this this guy's got Kellenic level height, height, man. I'm telling you, I love it. That's a he's going to be at this time next year. He's going to be a, a top thirty, top fifty prospect in on top one hundred list. Write it down now, next to Christian Robinson's name. Wow, that's a uh, that's a uh, bold. very bold. I try. <laughs> I try. All right. Um, anything else on the Mets? I can I can keep going, so we'll stop there. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll shut you up. <laughs> well, we'll talk. Right. Ne- we'll talk um, next week when uh, we're talking about Trevor Bauer. But continue. 
Cool, cool. <laughs> All right. I just want to mention a couple other couple other players before we head out of here for the day. Um, I know Nick's got to get on that mock draft in a few minutes. Uh, no, two, pit- two, two pitchers that change spots. Uh, Nick, I'll, I'll kick this to you first. Uh, Lance Lynn, Jamison Tyon. Tell me which one uh, is bigger impact for you, what you like about him. I'm a Yankee fan, so I will touch on Talion. I think that's a great move for the Yankees. They didn't give up a terrible – I mean, they gave up four prospects, but they didn't give up the top-tier prospects. He's coming off of Tommy John. He knows Garrett Cole very well. Um, there's good chemistry there. So he's coming in with a familiarity with him. He pitches anywhere near what he used to be. The Yankees got a good steal there. You got to have him go five innings in the beginning. You got the bullpen going. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm hoping he can stay healthy. That's the key. I mean, that's pretty much the entire theme of the Yankees rotation. Kluber, Italian, just stay healthy. Two Tommy Johns. Wow. That's, that's rough. Yeah, that's scary. And, it is scary. And, and, did, and ball I cancer. Don't forget ball and, cancer. And, gee, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, my concern with him is, other than the, the, the cancer and the Tommy John surgeries, it, it is is the the New York bump up in ADP. I'm concerned about. It's gonna um, skyrocket. Yeah, I, I I don't know if we're gonna get 120 innings from him. Too risky. If you're still get if you're still getting him outside the top 200, I'll take him. Especially if you're in a league that you could stream and you don't have to count on him to get you to bulk, and you could combine him with a reliever or or, or stream other starters in. It's a great buy. Um, you know if he's your sixth or seventh starting pitcher on the on your team as long as you didn't pay for him as a, a number three or number four you i think you're going to be in good shape with him he's if you're lucky i think you'll see four or five innings per game for at least the first several months if he stays healthy season long that is too right well the good thing is they have well not good thing but they have so many other question marks that we have no idea what's going on with in their rotation mm-hmm. i mean the only only thing that's really a given right now is Garrett Cole and maybe Jordan Montgomery, and the rest of it's all got a question mark somewhere. Garcia Schmidt, Tanaka just signed in Japan today or yesterday their time, so it's uh, a lot of question marks this year for them. Yep. All right. Uh, the other guy we mentioned pitching wise, Lance Lynn. Uh, this is your he's your perfect SP two on your fantasy team. He gets a gets a bump up if you're in a league with wins, uh, but K per nine. He's, I, I I like him because he doesn't get much respect, and he's in a tier of the draft around uh, ADP fifty five, which is round four or five. Um, he's right there with guys like like Max Fried, who gets that that age bump where people want the young guy instead of the old guy. I'll take the old guy in that situation ninety nine out of a hundred times. Lance Lynn for me. Over Max Freed. All right. Um, another hitter that, that moved this year, Josh Bell. Anyone interested in him at all? Zero interest. Zero. Well, let me tell you. When we talked about short, uh, small sample size, yeah. if you take last year and you go back to the all-star break of the year before, in 112 games, 384 at-bats, 229 average, 18 home runs. He's had 54 he had RBIs. Like two hot streaks Terrible. in his career. He had one one good year, and the year before was a horrible second half. Not a fan of metal. Right. Well, what I'm what I'm wondering about too is if you look at their lineup right now, the way that it makes sense for it to lay out 
would be Trey Schwarber Soto Bell just from a talent standpoint. But do they really want to go lefty, lefty, lefty and leave Josh Bell with a hole in his swing behind Soto? I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. That just doesn't seem to make too much sense uh, from a logistic standpoint. I, if Bell's going to be behind Soto, I think Soto might take a, a you know, not the gigantic step forward that people drafting him number one overall are expecting. Thank God they drafted him first overall. That's all I gotta say. Uh, oh, that. and real quick on the the Lance Lynn thing, he he was uh, the one thing. He was the one pitcher who led the league in the major leagues in uh, innings pitched last year. He had eighty four. Yeah, he's yeah. he's solid. I mean, he he missed some time like two three years yeah. ago, but he, he's been a workhorse all all the way through. Solid caper nine. I love the guy, man. I'll take him any any day of the week. All right. Um, and Josh Bell. What do you jo- think? Of- Josh Bell's a switch hitter. Yeah. He sucks, but he's a switch hitter. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I forgot he about sucks that. Up. He sucks badly from the right <laughs> side. Wonderful. Pick number two draft. Who? Oh, yeah. Oh, Wonder you're on Franco. the clock? Yeah, Wonder Franco. Pick number two. Kalanick went one. Franco, two to me. Hype. All right. I'll take that. All right. It's a shame you don't get to play that one out. <laughs> that's a damn shame. The league's going to get yeah. deleted in about one hour. Yep. So I, I, I've I've been bashing Marcus Simeon all all off season, and now <laughs> now it looks like he's he's going to bat second in that in that lineup, and he's going to be a stud. That's what dangerous. do you think? That's dangerous. It, it looks like they might start that lineup: Springer, Simeon, Bichette. So, oh, wow. I thought they were going to put bump it oh, up. Right. I thought they were going to put a uh, uh, bow second, but okay. Uh, I, everything oh, I've seen so far okay. says Simeon second. I I, I would have put him seventh or eighth at the bottom before the catcher, yeah. but if he's up there up at the top, <laughs> this guy's got three hundred potential, thirty home run potential, a couple of stolen bases. He's going to be somebody you're going to want to bump up. I mean, his ADP this week since he's been traded <laughs> is still only one hundred and forty nine. Yeah. So tenth round in a fifteen team mm-hmm. league, uh, about about the fourteenth round in 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 a twelve team. Yeah, league. respect. So that that's pretty pretty impressive. I'll take that for a guy that finished third in the MVP. Yeah, definitely. All right. Absolutely. I I think that though the one thing uh it's gonna be tough to uh for from a fancy standpoint with all the uh, starring pitchers being limited and all the. You know the innings pitch and everything, and going with six man rotations. Do you know how hard it is going to get wins? That category wins is going to suck. Yeah, it's going to be most of these starters aren't going to go enough. It's going to be those mill relievers like the Seth Lugo types or the Adrian Moore Johns. They're going to the ones that are going to steal the wins coming in in the fifth or sixth and getting the wins. So it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be a tough category to uh, categorize. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. A lot of leagues are going away from that that category nowadays. Yeah. I know our our home leagues is still kind of old school, and we keep that in both of them. Uh, but that dynasty league we just started, we replaced wins with innings. Oh, okay. Got it. You know, quality start is is just as crappy a yeah. stat as as win is because not only that's even harder because for a quality start you got to go yeah, six innings, yeah, not no five. Six. <laughs> so you're not even getting that. But you're allowed to give up three runs. <laughs> I don't even know. So you you go six innings, four runs, you don't get a quality start. But five innings, one run, you don't get a quality start either. So that doesn't really make too much sense. Nick, what do you got to sum this up, man? 
just waiting to see on the uh, DH news. That's going to have a huge effect on a lot of fantasy drafts coming up. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty funny that uh, the commissioner of baseball can't have his leagues together, but we're already drafting in fantasy baseball. Like, get your <laughs> act together, man. Come on, figure it out. All right, I guess that's it for today. Andy, any last intelligent things before we go? It's been a year. I really don't have much, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You, we, we made you speak today. That's enough. All right. Got, guys, we really appreciate you checking us out. You know, we need all those followers back that we had last year. You could always check us out on Twitter. He's AMAC22NJ. Nick is boring on Twitter at NMIMI, M-I-M-I. And we still, I, I, I can't even spell. He was the first person in the history of Twitter. Back in, I think it was back in the way that had that account. Nice. When you were 11 years old. Pretty much. Who's <laughs> counting? All right. Uh, we got some things up on our on our website, stackattackfantasy.com. I told you on there, you could check out Nick and myself did a uh, NFL mock mock draft 1.0. We're going to update that in about a week after the after the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go watch some more Senior Bowl practices tonight. I'm, I'm loving that. Uh, I got an article up on there that I'm working on for position scarcity. That should be up within the next 24 hours. Um, and you could catch our podcast there as well. All right? Cool. In the meantime, anything else? Let's Keep roll, on. boys. Peace out. See you. Come on, give me a break. I just need some sleep.